0: The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bleeker, and Pocket Cast. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen, thank you for tuning into the program tonight, and you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter, it is at all andy Alfred it is at all andy alfred and facebook dot com slash all andy alfred what an embarrassment an absolute embarrassment to not come out in the second half of a football game is absolutely embarrassing. And that's what happened on Saturday. Bowling Green just packed up and didn't finish the job on Saturday. And we've hit the quarter pole mark of the season. Four games in, and we're one and three. It's time to relax, and it's time to reflect. And we'll talk about tonight. Ohio State just keeps on rolling, and Harbaugh's in the hot seat, my friends. The Lions win in Philly, Philly, while the Browns. Have some questionable moves last night on Sunday night. The Indians, I think, are not going to make it, folks. And neither are the Tigers to 120 losses. It's going to be an interesting ride tonight. Buckle up. It's time for All Be Alfred. Guess who's back? All and the Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm gonna get shut out all the A hit to a home run! Go! Jack! Left way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down! Chicago Bears! Two-two, it's time for all and the Alfred. And with that, I say. I love you guys and welcome into another edition of All the for today right here on the Anchor Network and that is with the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network and that is with iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Bleaker, Pocket Cast, however you listen, wherever and whenever you listen to us. Thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. As always, you can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at allandyalfred. It is at allandyalfred, and we got a lot to get into tonight. Lots to get into, of course. We'll recap the uh, have our jacket jacket beat, and uh, you'll hear uh, what's happening with the jackets as we're into the second half of uh, of uh, training camp and exhibition season. Also, you hear my take on what's happening with MLB and the baseball playoffs. I think the Indians are not going to make it. You'll hear why I say that here in just a second. And uh, the shocking factor that the Tigers are not going to get to 120 losses. We'll get into that in just a second. As well as the NFL recap right here on all eighty for I want to start first and foremost, though I, you know, we're, NFL is still fresh in our minds uh, from Monday night, of course, tonight with the with last night with the Bears playing against Washington, and Sunday night with the Browns and and all the other games Sunday. But I want to get to go back to Saturday. I want to go into Saturday first and foremost, and I want to start first and foremost, though with this team out of Wood County. You talk about embarrassment. This was an embarrassing game for Bowling Green. Don't get me wrong, you know, there is some bright spots, quote unquote, in this in this game. Defense looking Not as great, but to say that this game was two-sided, excuse me, one-sided, is an understatement. We were destroyed, beaten, and we decided not to show up in the second half of the football game. It is an absolute embarrassment. I I I am just absolutely shocked, absolutely shocked by it. Of how bad this team is, how terrible we are. This shows. This shows that we're not even close. not even close to where we're supposed to be. I know this is just absolutely embarrassing. It really is. There's no words to this. And absolutely just giving up in the second half of this football game is not right. Absolutely not right. Absolutely not right. Bowling Green went into Kent State this past Saturday. Got a chance to watch it from start to finish. They didn't even look like they went, They came out of the locker room in the second half of the game. Bowling Green was beaten 62-20 to in this game. Wade looked absolutely atrocious. I am so glad that they that Leffler decided to bench him after he gave up the second pick. After he gave up the second pick in this game. It's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. To say that this team has finally hit hit the hit the bottom of of the barrel is an understatement. We have hit it, we have crashed it, and it is being blown up as we speak. Trust the process, my friends. Trust the process. That's all I have to say. It's just trust the process with this. Mowling Green lost 62 to 20 in the game. Wade was 18 for 25, 161 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions in the game. Andrew Clare, 14 carries, 61 yards, one T D in the game. Marlowe had was the bright spot out of the receiving core. I really liked his play. He had six catches for 69 yards. No TDs in the game. Quinton Morris, four catches, 47 yards. No TDs in the game. For Kent State in the game, he caught, uh, it was Crum was the leading uh, quarterback. He was 26 for 31, 310 yards, three TDs, no interceptions in the game. And Baghdad 7 carries, 114 yards, 1 TD in the game. Kerrigan, 6 catches, 94 yards, 1 TD in the game. I mean, it. it's an absolute embarrassment. Adrams, 4 catches, 73 yards, 1 TD in the game. The breakdown looks like this. BG had 21st downs to Kent State's 34. On third down, Bowling Green was 3-for-12. 3-for-12. Kent State was 10-for-17. And here is why I say this game was lopsided. Totally one side of the game. Time of possession, Kent State had 31 minutes and 23 seconds. Of those 31 minutes and 23 seconds... They racked up a total of 750 total yards of offense in this game. Passing and rushing a total of 375 yards. Bowling Green had 360. In total, 206 through the air, 154 on the ground. Pelties didn't really hurt us. Six penalties for sixty-one yards. Seven penalties, eighty yards in the game for Kent State. I mean, looking at the game overall, it was just it it was just a nightmare when it comes to it. Absolutely was. And and the fact that you know Luffler. It is post game comments we don't have the audio for it. His post game comments were interesting to say the least. For me the fact that this guy is just I I, I like him. I really do. I really like him. He said this, a quote from uh from the Toledo Blades, uh, BG beat writer Nicholas Patroskewitsky. He was the leading writer, and I, I want to share this piece too. And he wrote this piece up on the on the twenty first, which is this past Saturday. He wrote this up. Saturday might have been the rock bottom for Bowling Green. It was, but Bowling Green's coach Scott Leffler has not lost the faith that BG will turn itself around in time. However. And this is what I this is what I'm going to bring this in Kent State. Overall, since from 2014 to 2018, were seven and 32 in Mid American Conference play this season. They set a program record with 750 total yards of offense, and earned their biggest win against Bowling Green since 1935. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he asked, FBG BG is further away from winning than expected. Leffler did not sugarcoat the answer. Quote We knew that we were we knew that we were a ways away. Didn't think that I was didn't think that we were this far away. No, Leffler said. But we've got a lot of work to do. A lot of work in all aspects to get us to where things need where we wanna go. Where things are needing to go. Where we want to go. Loeffler did not overlook the ugly results Saturday. Nor BG's current reality. But says he remains confident. That the program will return to winning. Right now it's tough. Everything's hard. Everything from running a play. To throwing a pass play. To defending the pass. To defending the run. Is not easy right now. With time this thing will get right. But it's going to take some time. Yes, how. He was asked how he keeps the Falcons believing in themselves. Luffler said, "B.G. will try to keep improving. The Falcons will win again," he said. "But it will require patience. Three years, four years. You're going to ask me that ask me that question and go. How are you going to keep your heads on straight when we're winning?" Luffler said, "This is going to happen. It's just going to be the process. we got to. We've got work to do in every aspect." I like Nick's piece, so he did a very good job with it. And I like I said, I like Scott. I like Scott for, you know, and it is true. We have to trust the process. And remember, this is not his recruits in here. He does have a few transfer players that made it through the portal to come into playing for Bowling Green, Wade being one of them. But think about this for a second here. You were, I know, and we were not favored in the game on Saturday. But you mean to tell me that your team did not want to? You don't have an explanation why your team didn't show up in the second half of the game? It was twenty eight to twenty eight to fourteen at halftime. BG was still in the football game, and then you let them back in. And you let them put up 750 yards of total offense. You mean to tell me you don't have an answer for that? You got to be kidding me. You got to be absolutely kidding me. To sit here as I'm doing this podcast here on Tuesday night, you're telling me. You don't have an explanation of how, why your team did not show up in the second half of this game. Answer me that question. I mean, I'm sitting here just absolutely dumbfounded. Absolutely dumbfounded. He did meet with the media, but Nick had this good piece. Today it's wall two. The timing of an open week can play a major role in any college football season. That rings especially true for Bowling Green as it respects for the games arriving with no shortages of gaps to plug and schedule that will only increase the difficulty next month. Bowling Green's. Scott Leffler said, We've got to improve in every aspect in the Monday press conference. We don't have the audio, of course, for that. We took steps ahead and steps in the right direction defensively against Louisiana Tech, then took three or four steps backwards against Kent State. We didn't tackle well. We were gapped. We had gap integrity problems, and offensively, we're still not running the ball efficiently on first and second down. Bowling Green's struggles have been comprehensible, if anything else. And here's the stat for you. Bowling Green averages about 3.9 yards per carry and ranks last in the Mid-American Conference in yards per completion and pass efficiency, a combination that has kept them in third and long too often. Bowling Green has just converted less than 30%. Of the time on third down, which ranks 122nd out of 130 FBS schools. we got to go back and watch the tape. And again, it's missed opportunities, bandwagon, whatever we've we been on. we probably easily 11 misses opportunities and probably close to 300 yards, 275 of offense that were left on the field. It's a com- combination of all those things. He also was quoted in saying uh, and Bowling Green, does, it doesn't get any easier for Bowling Green after the break. We go to Notre Dame. On the national page, you're going to have the program become on national television, on the NBC network, to, for all the nation to see. This is going to be... He better have the troops ready. He better have Andrew Clear ready to run this game. He better have Wade cleared up with all this, this hoopla... When it comes to, you know, overthrowing Quentin Morris nine times out of ten, overthrowing him is one thing. It's just it, it, that just really bothers me. Bowling Green has still eight remaining games, including seven in Mid America Conference plays, to reverse the course. He said in a in the press conference on Monday, whether your inconsistency in practice practice it is hard to be consistent during games so we need to continue teaching our team how to prepare during game week and how do you, how you make every single play during practice which will translate into points on saturday we need to get fundamentally better we need to execute better we need to start taking steps in the right direction are we not going to take milestone steps right now no But are we going to make small steps that can get us in the right direction so we can be competitive? Yes. It's from Nick's piece today in the blade, some of the quotes that he took from it. So it's baby steps towards Bowling Green. And I I, I say this again. We're on the national page in two weeks. Notre Dame lost this past week to Georgia. They'll play Virginia this upcoming week. They'll have USC the week after. I just want us to be competitive. That's all. I just want us to be competitive and to be ready for the week after because the week after doesn't get any easier because we go to we we're at home for the 100th anniversary game against Toledo, which by the way looks like it's going to be a noon kickoff. It most certainly does look like it's going to be a noon kickoff. So, with that in mind all I have to say looking at this first quarter mark season, what I've seen on the field and what I have seen with the coaching staff I gotta give it a C it's better than what Jenks gave us last year this is the this is the quarter the first quarter report card I gotta give it a C we haven't hit the midterm we haven't hit game six which is the Toledo game. Where we hit midterms, but right now it's a C. I. I don't see it being a C minus or a C plus. I see it just as being a C. There is bright spots in this team. I do like some of the discipline. The defense was there during the during the Louisiana Tech game, but the offense wasn't there. Special teams is getting better. It's just all about. Coaching these young guys to become better not only student athletes but in on the field but also in the classroom and For me, right now, there's not a whole lot of teaching going on it's a lot of yelling and 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 I'd like to see this team get better. I want to see this team get better because. Yes, it could take three or four years before we get back into the winning page. That's what it was for Claussen, Dave Claussen. It took him four or five years before he finally got the team that he wanted, that took us to the MAC championship a few years ago. And then he walked away and left Babers to run the team, and he and Babers ran the team for for four years, and he gave us a winning record against Toledo, but. It's the fact that this team needs to get better. Not only for. Not only for its, not only for the the university and the student body, because you know ticket sales are good, but I mean, come on. But they need to get better for themselves. And that's the key thing. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight, right here. On the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the podcast this evening. And now let's uh, continue to hit the gridiron. Let's continue talking about some NCAA football. Boy, oh boy, do you feel the hot seat burning up in Ann Arbor right now. So looking at some of the top 25 games, first and foremost, before we dive into the Big Ten and the notable games here, Let's dive into the top 25, like I mentioned before. It started off last uh, on Friday with a big upset as USC takes down 10th rank Utah by a score of 30-23 to 23 in the game. Boise State was a winner over, over the Air Force Academy by a score of 30-14. to 14. Then we get to Saturday's slate of games. The Alabama Crimson Tide, number one team in the country, took on... The uh Southern Mississippi roll tide roll Bama continued their domination as they beat uh USM forty-nine to seven. LSU was a winner sixty-six to thirty over Vanderbilt. Tennessee was a loser to Florida thirty four yeah, thirty-four to three. Cal was a winner over Ole Miss twenty-eight to twenty. Auburn getting a twenty-eight to twenty one over the Texas uh, uh Texas A&M how about this one upset for you UCF getting a 35 loses 35 34 to pit the 21 game winning streak not counting bowl games ends for the the Scarlet Knights of UCF Washington was a winner 20 uh Twenty-second ranked Washington was a winner, forty-five to nineteen over BYU. SMU beats TCU forty-one to thirty-eight in the game. Oregon was a winner, twenty-one to six over Stanford. How about Virginia, who is going to be playing Notre Dame next upcoming week? Beats Old Dominion twenty-eight to seventeen. The number one ranked Clemson Tigers a fifty-two to ten win over Charlotte. Texas a thirty-six to thirty win over Oklahoma State. Colorado was a winner, thirty-four to thirty-one. UCLA was a winner, sixty-seven. To 63 in their game. And then the other big game, of course, was Notre Dame. And we'll get to the Notre Dame game now. This was a barn burner. I liked this game from start to finish. And Georgia was really tested in this game. They were really tested in this game. Ian Book having a great game for Notre Dame. He was 29 for 47. 275, two TDs. He did have two interceptions in the game. Uh, Jones Jr., nine carries for 21 yards. The Georgia defense pretty much shut down the rushing system. But Jake Fromm, 20 for 26 for Georgia, 167, 1 TD in the game. Swift had 18 carries for 98 yards, 1 TD in the game. On the receiving ends for Notre Dame, it was Kem for 9 catches for 108 yards, 1 TD in the game. Claypool, 6 catches, 66 yards, 1 TD in the game. For Georgia, it was Kager, 5 catches, 82 yards, 1 TD in the game. Robinson, 4 catches. 48 yards, 1 TD in the game. The team stats looked like this. Georgia had 18 first downs to Notre Dame's 14 on third down. Notre Dame was 4 for 13. Georgia 4 for 11. Notre Dame had 321 total yards of offense to Georgia's 339. 187 for Georgia through the air. 152 on the ground for the 339 yards for Notre Dame with 321 yards. 275 through the air, only 46 total yards of rushing for the Irish in the game. 12 penalties for 85 yards hurt the Irish in the game. 6 penalties, 43 yards for the Georgia Bulldogs in the game. So Notre Dame loses a little bit of the rankings. They fall to 10. We'll get to the full rankings here in just a second. But looking at some of the games in the Big Ten, of course, we'll start first and foremost with the game that took place in the shoe as Ohio State welcomed in their final non-conference game as they took on Miami of Ohio. And this was just a clear blowout game for Ohio State as they won 76-5 over Miami of Ohio. Absolutely feels dominating in this game. He threw for four touchdowns and rushed for two more scores in the game. As Fields had, was 14 for 21, 223, four TDs in the game. He also carried the ball nine times for 36 yards, two TDs in the game. Chalmers had eight carries for 63 yards, one TD in the game. J.K. Dobbins, eight catches, eight carries, 52 yards in the game, one TD. K.J. Hill, two catches, 78 yards, one TD in the game. Uh, Williams, two catches, 74 yards, one TD in the game. Wilson, four catches, 54 yards, one TD in the game. O'Lave three catches, 30 yards, two TDs in the game. Victor had three catches, 42 yards, one TD in the game. The only downside to this is that uh, Miami, Ohio recorded a safety in the first quarter. And at the end of the first quarter, it was 7-5 to five in favor of Ohio State. But then Ohio State, 42 points in the second quarter, 14 in the third, and 13 in the fourth quarter. Hibbert in the game, 4. Gabbert for Miami of Ohio, 5 for 15, 48 yards, 1 TD in the game. Thomas had 8 carries, 44 yards, no TDs in the game for him. Sorsen, 4 catches, 42 yards, no TDs. Mayock, 1 catch, 10 yards for Miami of Ohio. The team stats look like this. Ohio State had 31st downs to Miami's 10 in the game. On 3rd down, Ohio State 1 for 5, Miami 4 for 17, Ohio State had a total of 601 yards, a total offense, 374 through the air, 227 on the ground. For Miami of Ohio, 60 yards passing, 70 yards rushing. They had four penalties for 50 yards. Uh, Ohio State, six penalties, 52 yards in the game as they cruise and destroy Miami of Ohio by a score of 76-5. to five. The big game, of course... In the Big Ten, was Wisconsin versus Michigan. And I tell you, if you are a Michigan fan right now, there are definitely lines in the sand being drawn right now as we speak between Michigan fans. Right now. Absolutely being drawn right now by Michigan fans. Because my biggest fear now. Is, or of course, this week they play Rutgers at home. That should be a win. But then you have Iowa. You got to go to Happy Valley still. You have Michigan State at home and Ohio State at home. How bad is it going to be this year? And you have Notre Dame at home too. You can't count that game out as well. But Wisconsin utterly dominating the Maize and Blue in this game. And beating Michigan 35-14, to giving Michigan their first loss of the season. In the game, Shane Patterson, 14 for 32, 219 total yards, two TDs, one interception in the game. McCaffrey, 3 carries, 21 yards, no TDs. Turner, 6 carries, 17 yards in the game. For Michigan in receiving, Bell, 2 receptions, 81 yards. Collins, 3 catches, 66 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones was the only bright spot, 1 catch, 5 yards, 1 TD in the game. McCrone 2 catches, 24 yards, 1 TD in the game. For Wisconsin, Cohen was the leading passer, the leading quarterback. He was 13 for 16 for 128 yards. No TDs, no interception in the game. Taylor, by himself, 23 attempts, carries, 203 total yards. That's unbelievable. Two TDs in the game. Crawl ran the ball twice as well. Two seven carries for 12 yards. On the wide receiving court, Gosek, two catches, 38 yards. Sipas. Two catches, 36 yards in the game. The stats look like this. On first down, Michigan was 15. 15 first downs, and Wisconsin had 25 first downs. On third down, Michigan was 0 for 11. Wisconsin, 5 for 13. Michigan had 299 total yards of offense, 259 through the air, only 40, 40 on the ground. Wisconsin had... 487 total yards of offense, 128 through the air, 359 on the ground. Ground and pound, baby. Nine penalties for 69 yards for Wisconsin, three penalties, 45 yards for Michigan in the game. Here's here's a kicker for you. The possession arrow was all Wisconsin, 41 minutes and 7 seconds to Michigan's 18 minutes and 53 seconds. The line in the sand right now for Michigan is being drawn, absolutely being drawn now, folks. It's going to be interesting to see what they do this upcoming week. Again, and if if it's a convincing win against Rutgers, we'll see. We'll absolutely see. As you're listening to All Andy for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you listen. Wherever and whenever you listen, thank you for tuning in. Let's recap the rest of the Big Ten scores. Indiana was a winner, 38-3 over Connecticut. Nebraska, a 42-38 win over Lovie Smiths Illini. Boston College, a 30-16 to win over Rutgers. Michigan State, pounding Northwestern by a score of 31-10. to Looking at the Mid-American Conference, this is what the scores looked like from this past weekend. Western Michigan falls to Dino Babers and the Syracuse Orange 52 to 33. It was the Raisin Cakes beating Ohio 45 to 25 in the game. Unbelievable. Troy was a winner over Akron 35 to 7. Eastern Michigan beats Central Connecticut State University 35 34 to 29. Temple loses to Buffalo 38-22. Central Michigan loses only by 5 to the U 17 to 12. Ball State a 34 23 win over North. Uh, Ball State loses 34 23 over North Carolina State. And this is the key one. The University of Toledo gets a big win on the road. They beat Colorado State 41 to 35 in the game. Agani 6 for 15, 111 yards, 1 TD in the game. Uh, the leading rusher for. Uh, for Toledo was Brian Kovac, 19 carries, 228 yards. He had three total touchdowns in the game. Agani, 12 carries, 119 yards, one TD in the game. Mitchell, three catches, 69 yards. McKinley, one catch, 29 yards for Toledo. Pat O'Brien was the, uh, past the leading quarterback for Colorado State. He was 32 for 52, 405 total yards. He had one touchdown and one interception in the game. Kinsler twenty three carries two forty six two TDs in the game. O'Brien also ran the ball six times for twenty seven yards. Jackson was twelve catches, one hundred and thirty two total yards, one TD in the game for him. Uh, Craig, Marai, uh Meyer, excuse me, five catches, eighty eight total yards in the game. Looking at the stats in the game, Toledo had twenty first downs to Colorado State's thirty six. On third down Toledo was 3 for 13, Colorado State 5 for 15, on fourth down both teams 2 for 2. Colorado State has 694 total yards of offense, Toledo's 547. 111 through the air for Toledo, 436 on the ground. 405 through the air for Colorado State, 289 on the ground. Toledo penalties killed them. 10 penalties for all, 100 yards. Colorado State, 11 penalties, 82 yards. It took a long, a long time. The game did not finish almost till 2.30 in the morning as it kicked off at 10.15 at night. Unbelievable. Possession arrow went to Colorado State at 33 minutes and 37 seconds. Toledo had 26 minutes and 23 seconds. Well, week three is in, excuse me, week four is in the books. Week five. Looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Five games on the docket in the Mid-American Conference. Of course, the big game for the Big Ten, of course, Saturday night, sees Ohio State plays Nebraska in Nebraska. The game of 7.45 kickoff. Herbie going to be doing the game. Looking forward to seeing how he's going to call that one. As you're listening to All-Indial for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, However, you're listening, wherever, and whenever you're listening, thank you so, so much for tuning into the podcast. Now, let's continue to hit the and How about them lions, baby? Woo! Oh, yeah. Hit it. Oh, yeah. We are undefeated, folks. 2-0-1 never felt any better Because Forward down the field Alliance team that will not yield And when the blue and silver wave Stand and cheer the flame, raw, raw, rock Go hard, win the game, and carry on to hear your name. Down the field and gain, a Lions victory. Hey! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Lions going into Lincoln Financial Stadium this past Sunday. And absolutely, you know, I said at the beginning of the season, this game would be a loss for us. I was just totally, totally not expecting the Lions to get the job done. They did. It was a complete game. It was absolutely a complete game when it comes to it. The Lions getting the job done, going up 20 10 at halftime and not lining themselves. Matthew Stafford, 18 for 32, 201 yards, 1 TD, no interceptions in the game. Carry on Johnson, 220 carries, 36 yards, 1 TD in the game. Marvin Jones, 6 car- catches for 101 yards, 1 TD in the game. Galladay, 2 catches, 17 yards. Danny Amendola, four catches, 37 yards in the game. For that for was for the Lions. For the Eagles, Carson Wentz struggled. 19 for 36, 259, two TDs in the game. Miles Sanders, 13 carries, 53 yards, no TDs in the game. Jordan Howard had 11 carries, 37 yards, one TD in the game. Miles Sanders, two catches, 73 yards, Zach Ernst, four catches, 64 yards. Mike Hollins, four catches, 62 yards in the game. The overall stats looked at this. The Eagles had 373 yards of total offense, 246 through the air, 127 on the ground. For the Lions, they had 287 total yards of offense, 201 through the air, 86 on the ground. The third down was completions. Philadelphia was at 53% to the Lions, 42%. The Eagles led in in possession at 32 minutes and 18 seconds. The Lions, 27 minutes and 42 seconds. The Lions had nine penalties in the game. The Eagles, four penalties in the game. So the Lions getting a big win. The win and the big thing was the kick return. A 102-yard kick return. In the game in the first quarter. Runs it all the way back. We haven't had a kick return in so long. I gotta look up the stat for that. I'll have that staff for you guys next on the next show. But man, it felt so good to get back onto the winning page and now to be undefeated. That's a shock still to me. Absolutely still a shock to me. The Lions, a winner 27 24. Over the Eagles. The Lions undefeated. Now on the other side of the lake. Let's talk about the Browns. Getting the chance to watch this game from start to finish. Freddie Kitchens. Made some plays. And made some decisions that I, I was kind of shaking my head on. Of course the one was the 4th and nine. Running a pass play not a pass play or run play. Got him only two yards It was a turnover and downs. Absolutely not the right call, my opinion. Another wrong call for me was the fact that he decided to throw the ball when you're in the red zone. When you're at the five yard under the five under and not having anybody drop back. You you run the football, and you're five yards or less from the end zone. It's plain and simple. And he and he said it in his press conference last night. If you're going to blame anybody for this game, the, them losing this game is you blame him. And I do blame him. It's not he is the play caller. He's making the decisions. He failed to to do it. It started off with, Jared Goff past to Cooper Cup. After both teams traded field goals, the Lions, the, the Browns were up 6-3. And... 10 plays, 75 yards to Cooper Cup. The Browns didn't respond back. A quick pass play to Harris for, a two, for two yards for a touchdown... Made it 13-10 to 10 in favor of the Browns. But then, Goff again to Cooper Cup. It was 17-13. The Rams then capitalized with another field goal. And unfortunately, the Browns had a chance to win the football game and failed the attempt to get it. And again, uh, Chris Collins made a great point on the situation. During the play before Nick Chubb was stopped on, a, on fourth down, there was an opportunity that Freddie Kitchens could have used a pass interference challenge flag out to challenge the play for pass interference. Now, the Browns were getting called for an illegal shift. That would be 10 yards. Okay. However, if it, it was clearly pass interference because the guy got pushed out of bounds before the, making the play on the ball. That's clearly a pass interference call. Kitchens could have threw the flag out, could have gotten 5 yards added to that. Would have been not enough for a first down, but it would have been second and and a possibly 7. Instead of third and 9. That's a failure of coaching. That shows you how young this coaching staff is. <sighs> but looking at the stats in the game, as the Rams a winner twenty to thirteen over the Browns, Goff twenty four for thirty eight, two hundred and sixty nine total yards, two TDs, two interceptions in the game. Gurley fourteen carries for forty three yards. I was very impressed with how good the defense was for the Browns in this game. Woods two catches. Uh, two carries, 18 yards. Uh, like I said, Cooper Cup, 11 catches, 102 yards, two TDs in the game. Brandon Cooks, eight catches, 112 yards, no TDs in the game. Robert Woods, three catches, 40 yards in the game. For the Browns and Baker Mayfield. Mayfield, 18 for 36, 195, one touchdown, one interception in the game. The interception came at the end of the game. Nick Chubb, again, a great outing for him. 23 carries for 96 yards, no TDs in the game for him. Javaris Landry, three catches, 62 yards. OBJ, six catches, 56 yards in the game. Nick Chubb, four catches, 35 yards in the game. Again, penalties killed the Browns. They had a total of eight penalties in the game. The Rams had seven total yards. The Browns had 270 total yards in the game. The Rams, 347 yards. Of those, 345, excuse me, 345. Uh, The Rams had 255 through the air, 90 on the ground. The Browns had 95 on the ground, 175 through the air for a total of 270 yards in the game. On third down, the Browns were 37% to the Rams, 42%. The Browns led in possession at 31 minutes and 37 seconds. The Rams, 28-23. So the Browns will now open up division play. They'll start with the Baltimore Ravens this upcoming Sunday. One o'clock kickoff. Also at one o'clock, we'll see the Kansas City Chiefs coming into Big Detroit to take on the undefeated Detroit Lions. Interesting to see how that's gonna shape up for both teams. But let's recap week three of the NFL for you. Like I said, it started Thursday. Jacksonville winning over Tennessee by a score of 20 to 7. It was the JETS Jets, Jets, Jets falling to the Pats by a score of 30 to 14. How about Skoll and the Minnesota Vikings beating John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders 34-14? A great game in in Kansas City at Arrowhead as it was. The Chiefs winning 33-28 over LeVar Jackson's Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs now 3-0. Indianapolis with Jacoby Brissett. Great game for him. Snap a five-game losing streak, home-opening losing streak as they win 27-24 over the Atlanta Falcons. Green Bay, I wonder, 27-16 over Denver. It was all big Dallas as they cruised to a 31-6 win over the Dolphins. The Bills Mafia continuing their role in their 3-0 overall as they're tw- with their 21-17 win over the Bungles. The G-Men find a way to get it done Jones gets the go-ahead touchdown with a minute 21 to go in the game. They lose Saquon Barkley. He's going to be out now four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. But the G-men get the job done in Tampa. They beat Tampa Bay by a score of 32 to 31. It was Carolina winning in Arizona, giving Carlo Murray not his first win this season by a score of 38 to twenty giving Carolina their first win of the season. Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo coming out and giving the 49ers a big win, 24-20 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the San Francisco 49ers are 3-0 to start the season. Unbelievable to say that. New Orleans shocking me and shocking everybody as they, without Drew Brees, go into CenturyLink Field in Seattle and beat the Seahawks 33-27. Unbelievable! The big one for me was Philip Rivers got a chance to see the end of the of the tight uh, the, of the the Texans and Chargers game. I thought Philip Rivers had some magic still left in him. He did not have enough at the end as the Houston Texans beat the the L.A. Chargers by a score of uh, twenty-seven to twenty. And of course, Monday Night Football sees the Bears playing the Washington Football Club. It was all bears in this one for you. It was twenty-eight to it was twenty one to nothing at halftime. It was all bears in the first half, and it was all bears in the second half for that one. So it will be interesting. Week four starts off pretty simple for that one. As it will be a Thursday night game, and Carson Wentz has got to get his club ready. Three days prepared to take on Aaron Rodgers. And the Green Bay Packers at Beautiful Packer at Lambeau Field. Take Green Bay in the game. Plain and simple. As you're listening to all Andy for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. And now let's hit the diamond and let's talk a little baseball. I don't think the Tigers are going to make it to 120. So the road to 120 for the Detroit Tigers. We hit the uh, hit the diamond right now into the final week of Major League Baseball season. And thank God, as Tiger fans, we are getting closer to the end of this miserable season. As the Tigers finish up their final homestand of the 2019 campaign, as they f- welcome in the Chicago White Sox on, in a three-game series. It started Friday night as Cise with the win. He goes to four and seven. The five point seven nine ERA Zimmerman the loss. He goes to one and twelve with the six point eight five ERA. Marangata his twenty-fourth home run of the season. Jimenez his twenty-ninth. As the White Sox beat the Tigers by a score of ten to one in the game. In the game, Zimmerman pitched. Three and two-thirds innings, he gave up 11 hits, nine runs. All nine runs were earned. One walk, six strikeouts. He gave up the two home runs in the game. C went six innings pitched five hits, one run. That one was earned. Two walks, eight strikeouts. No home runs hit in the game as the White Sox beat the Tigers in game one of the series by a score of 10-1. to Game two saw the Tigers battling out and Alexander having a good outing but he couldn't get it together, and the offense couldn't swing it as much. Three runs in the fifth inning for the White Sox, two in the eighth, and that was pretty much all the scoring as the White Sox beat the Tigers by a score of 5-3. to three. Nova, the win, he goes to 11-12 with a 4.80 ERA. Alexander, the loss, he goes to 1-4 and four with a 4.99 ERA. Cologne, the save, his 29th of the season. Tim Anderson, his 18th home run of the season for the Pale Hose. For the Tigers in the game, Alexander went four and a third inning pitch, 10 hits, three runs. He gave up all three were earned. No walks, four strikeouts. Tim Anderson's home run was the only home run he gave up in the game. For the White Sox, Nova went five innings pitch, eight hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. No walks. Three strikeouts in the game. So the Tigers fall in game two of the series. They did come back and win game three of the series, and but lose two of three to the White Sox as the White Sox beat the Tigers, uh, excuse me, the Tigers beat the White Sox six to three. Josh Boyd, the win, he goes to a nine and 11 with a 4.57 ERA. Lopez, the loss, he goes to nine and 15 with a 5.57 ERA. Jimenez to save his eighth of the season. It was Jimenez for the White Sox, his 30th home run of the season. For the Tigers, four home runs hit in the game. Candelario, his eighth. Beckham, his sixth. Reyes, his third. And Willie Castro gets his first home run hit as a Detroit Tiger. The Tigers used the long ball in this game. And for Josh Boyd in the game for him, he went five innings pitch, eight hits. Three runs, all three were earned. Two walks, six strikeouts, and one home run hit in the game. Four the White Sox in the game. It was Lopez, four innings pitched, nine run, nine hits, five runs. Those five were earned. One walk, three strikeouts, three home runs hit the game. Time of the game, two hours and 58 minutes. 16,157 were in attendance at Comerica Park for the game. So the Tigers will finish up with three games against the Twins. And four against the White Sox. It'll start tonight as it will be Jacob Turnbull on the hill. 3-15 with a 4.66 ERA. Ordozi will start for the Twins. He is 14 and 7 with a 3.59 ERA. 640 start time for the first game. Game two sees Daniel Norris on the hill for the Tigers. He is 3-13 with a 4.58 ERA. The Twins have not yet named the starter. For Wednesday's game, Thursday it will be Zimmerman on the hill for Detroit. He's one and twelve with a six point eight five ERA. Game time one ten for that game. You can watch all the games on Fox Sports Net in Minnesota, or Fox Sports Detroit, or on MLB TV if you have it. And that is it for the homestand for the Tigers. They will finish up, like I said, four games on the south side of Chicago, including a doubleheader Friday uh first game at four forty the game game two will re- will start thirty minutes after the conclusion of game one the tigers right now their record is forty six and a hundred and nine they have seven games left to go in the season so of the hundred and nine losses. If they get lose all seven of their games going forward, they'll have 116 losses. They'll be four shy of 120 losses this season. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable, folks. So they're one loss away from 110 losses. Just shake my head over that. Absolutely shake my head over that. Let's talk about the other. Uh, they're not going to make the 120 losses now. So it's been a good run for the Tigers this year, but like I say, got to clean it up. The act. It all starts. It starts on Monday, after the season ends. Plain and simple. But the Indians could be playing still, after Monday. After they swept the Tigers. They took two of three from the Philadelphia Phillies this past weekend as they finish up their 2019 homestand with three against Bryce Harper and the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies loses lose game one of the series by a score of five to two. Bieber the win he goes to 15 and seven with a 3.23 ERA. Drew Smiley the loss he goes to four and seven with a 6.44 ERA. Cookie Carrasco, the save, his first of the season. For Bieber in the game, he went seven and a third inning pitch, seven hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, no walks, seven strikeouts in the game. For Philadelphia in the game, Drew Smiley, two innings pitch, five hits, four runs. Those four runs were earned, three walks, no strikeouts in his start game. So the Tigers, excuse me, the Tigers, for the Indians get a 5-2 win. However, they lose game two of the series to the Phillies, by a score of 9-4, to four, and it was a slugfest for the, the Phillies in the game. Miller having two home runs by himself, his 7th and 8th of the season. Bryce Harper, his 33rd home run of the season. Jay Bruce, his 26th of the season. Mercado, uh, Oscar Mercado, home run for the Indians, his 13th of the season. As the Phillies, though, get a 9-4 win over the Tribe. Vargas, the winning goes to 7-8. With a 4.40 ERA. Perez the loss. He goes to 2-4 with a 3.63 ERA. In the game. Plesek was the starter for the tribe of the game. He went 4 and a third, Five hits. Four runs. All four runs were earned. Two walks. Three strikeouts. One home run given up in the game for him. Perez giving up the other home run. And Hoyt and Wingard were the only uh, the other two pitchers. Giving up home runs in the game against the Phillies. For the Phillies in the game, Vargas, six and two thirds innings pitch, five hits, four runs, two runs were earned, two walks, eight strikeouts. He gave up the one home run to Mercado in the game. So the try fall in game two of the series, but they make it up yesterday by just slacking, not yesterday, but Sunday, slacking the Phillies by a score of 10 to 1. One run in the fourth. Three runs in the fifth. Six runs in the seventh. Phillies only had one run in the third inning. One run on five hits. Three er- errors in the game for the Indians. Ten runs, nine hits. No errors in the game as Cookie Carrasco gets the win. He's now 6-7 with a 5.10 ERA. Valska has the loss. He goes to 7-8 for the 4.76 ERA as Mercado and Reyes homering for the Tribe. As the Tribe win. Ten to one or Philadelphia and take two of three from the fi- the fighting Phils in the game. Plunko was the starter for the Indians of in the game. He went four and a third, four hits, one run. That run was earned, two walks, three hits, no home runs in the game. For Carrasco, the winning pitcher, he went two and two thirds, one hit, no runs, no earned, no walks, three strikeouts in The game for the Phillies in the game of Vasquez, four and two thirds, five hits, four runs. One of them was earned, no walks, six strikeouts, one home run hit in the game. So the Indians were off yesterday. They'll open up a three game series. The final series is on the road, and they'll head to the south side of Chicago to battle the White Sox. Clevenger on the hill, 12 and three, with a 2.54 ERA. He'll take on Santiago, who's one and one. For the 5.65 ERA, uh, game time 8:10. For that one, you can watch the game on ESPN or on Fox Sports. Time Ohio or WGN in Chicago. Game two sees Shane Bieber on the hill, 15 and 7 with a 3.23 ERA. He'll take on Detweiler, who's 2 and 5 with a 6.98 ERA. 8:10 start time for that game. The concluding game on Thursday sees Cervelli. Three and three with a 1.82 ERA will take on Cease, who's four and seven with a 5.79 ERA. All three games eight ten start times. You can watch all the games on Fox Sports Time Ohio, Sh- NBC Chicago, as well as WGN on this upcoming Monday, and ESPN will have the game for you guys on Tuesday. So with that in mind, after the three game series against the the Pale Hose on the south side of Chicago. The Tribe will finish up with three games in the nation's capital as they'll take on the Washington Nationals. As you're listening to All-India for tonight right here on the Anchor Networking, that is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. And now let's continue to talk a little bit about the Diamond and let's look at the standings. Can the Indians make it into the postseason? Well... We had two other teams clinch a playoff spot over the weekend. The Astros clinching their division with 102 wins and 54 losses. They have clinched the American League West. The Cardinals have clinched a playoff spot, a record of 89-67 and in the senior circuit. Of course, uh, the American League Central is the only division that's still left the Indians are four games out of, a, out of first place at 92-64. and 64. The Twins are holding strong in first place at 96-60. and 60. And the, the Twins are playing three games against Detroit. The, the Tribe three games against the White Sox. See how it's going to go. The best that the Indians can look forward to now is a wild card spot in my opinion. I don't think they're going to win the division. I think the Twins will have the division now, unfortunately now, because they are up four games in the series, and the Indians are three games away from being eliminated from the division. And like I said, Detroit is 46-109, and hundred and nine, forty-five and a half games out of first place. Pretty much all the divisions in the American League are pretty much set, except for the Central the Division has not been clinched. In the National League, all divisions have been clinched. The Atlanta Braves are ninety-six and sixty-one. The Central, the the Cardinals are in first place at 90, 89 and sixty-seven. The Brewers they clinched a playoff spot. The Brewers are eighty-six and seventy-three games out of a, out of a first place, four games from being eliminated. So it all now goes into the wild card race, and let's get into that. The playoffs start today. Be Houston getting the first wild card spot? The Yankees the second wild card second. Excuse me, Houston would get the first overall seed. The Yankees number two. Minnesota would be three. Wild card looks like this: Oakland's holding strong at game and a half lead in the wild card at ninety four and sixty two. Tampa Bay ninety three and sixty four. The Indians a half game out of a wild card spot at ninety two and sixty four. Six games from being eliminated in the wild card race in the National League. The divisions are pretty much set. Washington holding strong, a half game lead in the wild card race at 86 and 69 half game up. The Brewers holding the second wild card position at 86 and 70. The Cubs 4 games out of a wild card spot at 82 and 74. The Mets 5 games out of a wild card spot at 81 and 75. And Arizona is 80 and 76, 6 games out of a wild card spot. Philadelphia 79 and 76, six and a half games out of a wild card spot. So we'll see how it's going to happen. Any combination, the Indians have to continue to win and root for the Tigers. And the Twins need to root for the, the White Sox to beat the Indians. Any combination like that, they'll clinch the division. The Indians just need to keep on winning for the wild card standings. So we'll see what happens with that. As you're listening to All EMBL for tonight, right now, right here on, not right now, but right here on the Anchor Network. And that is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And now let's hit the ice and talk a little hockey. Of course, it's time for the jacket beat. So let's talk a little bit about what's happening on the ice. And it it's time for the jacket report. We usually play the horn right now, but the Jackets have made some cuts and some moves as of late. We'll get into that here in just a second, of course. But the Jackets were in action this past week as uh, they have had a big slate of games. Of course, when I last left you on Friday, addition to the program, the Jackets were getting ready for a Saturday afternoon matinee against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jackets one and one in play in. Their exhibition season, they get a one a three to one win over the Penguins on Saturday afternoon. It was Ricola for the Penguins starting off the scoring for Pittsburgh with a one nothing lead from Marino and Osgrano, His first of the season before Cam Atkinson from getting a pass from Pierre luc Dubois on the power play buries it past Murray and it is one one after twenty minutes of play. Dubois and Texier with the saves, uh, the assists in the game. No goal scored in the second period. Then Eric Robinson getting his first as a Columbus Blue Jacket from Kyle Sherwood. And Scott, it made it 2-1 Jackets. And then empty netter for Josh Anderson, his first of the preseason from Boone Jenner and Gabriel Carlson. And that was it. The Jackets, a 3-1 win at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. They're 2-0 in the preseason at home. The Penguins had more shots on net, 25 shots to Columbus's 22. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pittsburgh was 50, 60% of the faceoff dot to Columbus's 40% on the faceoff dot. Columbus 1 for 3 on the power play. Pittsburgh 0 oh for 2. Columbus had 4 minutes in penalties. Pittsburgh had 6. The Jackets out hitting the Pens 20 to 7 in the game. They also had 16 block shots to uh Pittsburgh's 12. Corporal Solo played the full game. He stopped 24 of 25 in the save percentage a point nine six zero for the Penguins of the game it was excuse me D Smith stopping 19 of 21 his save percentage a point nine o five. So the Jackets 2-1 going into Sunday's game against the defending Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh and the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. And the Blues beat the Jackets by a score of five to three at at Provincial at the Enterprise Center. Uh Lilia getting the star goal scoring for the Jackets. His first of the season from Marco Dano and Brandon Dubitsky. It was 1-0 jackets for Schwartz bearing his second of, first as of the season. Jaden Schwartz from Bergman and Shen. Is tied at one after 20 minutes of play. Lillia getting his second in the start of the second period from Dubitsky and Warinski. And it made it 2-1 Jackets before Alexander Padrangio getting his first of the of the preseason for Braided Shid. It was tied at 2. Tyler Bozak, his first from Jay Boemeester. And Cozen, his third. It made it 3-2 th- in favor of St. Louis after 40 minutes of play. Riley Nash getting the Game back for the Jackets, tying it up at three apiece. But then after that, it was all Pittsburgh. Cosen his third, Bellis his first. As the Jackets fall to the Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, by a score of 5-3 to three in the game. The Jackets were outshot in the game 34-25. to 25. St. Louis had 63, uh, 64% at the faceoff dot to 36% for the Jackets. Both teams had two power play attempts. The Jackets 0 for 2. St. Louis 1 for 2 on the power play. Both teams 4 minutes in penalties. The Blues 19 hits to Columbus's 18. They had 12 black shots to 9 for the Jackets. Uh, Jackets started in the game was Elvis was in the building. He stopped 29 of 34. His save percentage of .853 in the game. For Pittsburgh, it was Jordan Bington. Stopping 22 or 25, his save percentage a point eight eight oh. Looking at games that took place last night, Monday night, at in the NHL, the Leafs were a winner three to nothing over the Montreal Canadiens. Ottawa was a loser to the Vancouver Canucks four to three. The Kings a a winner last night one to nothing over the Ducks in overtime. The Islanders a three two win over the Red Wings, and the Bruins lose win in home against the Philadelphia Flyers by a score of 4-3. to Tonight on the docket, games look like this. Winnipeg is in Calgary to take on the Flames. The Islanders are in New York to take on the Rangers. Tampa Bay is in Florida to take on the Panthers. St. Louis is at home against Dallas. Arizona will take on Edmonton, and San Jose will battle the Ducks. The Jackets won't get back into action until Thursday night. Uh, excuse me, not until, my apologies, until Friday night as they take on the New Jersey Devils. 7 o'clock puck drop for that one on the 27th. We'll get to those games here in just a little bit. But like I said, the Jackets making some cuts this past week, dropping themselves down to a 28-man roster. Uh, Making some moves. To say the least, and the key a couple things out of these moves look like this: the jackets announced six roster moves today. The jackets have moved place Adam Glen Denning, Senator Zach Delphi, Marcus Hannah Kynan, and Ryan Mckellis on waivers for the purpose of assigning to the Cleveland monsters. Columbus has also signed defenseman Doyle Sobey and goaltender Venny Valenning to Cleveland as well. Uh, the other uh, moves that were made, of course, this past weekend, the Jackets trimmed from 34 to 28. The 34 that got moved were as followed in the game <coughs> this past Saturday. It was uh, Dylan Simpson. Simpton- Simpson was on waivers for the purpose of signing to uh, to Cleveland. Mattias Kalander will also go to Cleveland. and re- They also released Brad Teason from his pro cryout. Teason is slated to report to the Monsters as well, too. The Jackets' current roster looks like this. Nine, at the time, was 19 forwards and 11 defensemen going into today's camp. It is now 16 forwards, 9 defensemen, and 3 goaltenders going into this week's play on the ice. So, we'll see what happens with that. The Jackets, like I said, don't play again until Thursday as they take on the New Jersey Devils. As you are listening to all Andy the tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. And now, let's dive in to the final segment of our program, and it's time for Andy Rantz. So some housekeeping to pass along to you, of course. Um, we are in the process of tape, getting ready to tape the NHL uh, season preview show. Uh, we are actually going to bump it up a little bit. Uh, we were scheduled to have it done next Wednesday, the second on opening night of the NHL season, but we might have that ready for you guys and give you a special... Early treat for it either on Thursday or Friday's edition of All Andy Offered. You'll also hear it live as well too. Uh, also, gotta pass this along. We did get the part. The part has been in. Uh, we are in the process of getting it placed back in. Looking forward <laughs> to seeing you guys again on Facebook Live for our Facebook Live shows. And uh, also, gotta pass this along to you again. On. October the 12th at Doit L. Perry Stadium. All Andy Alford invades the Doit again. As it will be another tailgate party for the UTBG football game. Playing more information for that to come. We're still waiting to determine the time for the football game. To determine what time we're going to start the tailgate. If it's a noon kickoff, we're looking at the tailgate to start around 8 to 9 a.m. If it's a 3.30 kick, it'll look like it'll start uh, around noon. If it's a 7 o'clock kick, it'll start the tailgate at 3.30. So we're looking at those time frames. When they announce the time of the football game for the UT game, we will pass that along to you guys, and we'll have everything, all the details come out, Have a corn- play cornhole. We'll do the podcast live for you from the Doyt parking lot, getting you set for BG versus UT for the 100th anniversary game, the 90th game of this rivalry, and the for the 150th season of college football. So that's your housekeeping news and notes. And remember, if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet on this podcast, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network. So now it's time for Andy Rance tonight. Not that much of a true rant for you tonight, but um, you heard it earlier on the program, my big rant about Bowling Green, and I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate this. I'm not knocking him, I'm not knocking Scott Luffler. Loeffler is doing a great job. You have to trust the process, and seeing a lot of the stuff on Twitter that's being wrote wrote up like, uh, like BG is the worst FBS program out there, and this, that, and the other. You have to trust the process. Yes, it's going to take three to four years for this team to get into the right swing of things. But think about this, folks. You know, Rome wasn't built in the day. And I know the winning pedigree of Ohio State is what everybody wants. When Urban left, day's in, and they're still swinging. That's what it was back when we had Klausen. and left, Babers come in. Gigi was still swinging and still going. Remember, we had Mike Jenks, folks. Mike Jenks. Let's all calm down. Let's all relax. We're on a bye. Let's refocus. Let's get healed and get ready for the next opponent, which is a big opponent on the national stage against Notre Dame. Gonna be a big one. Gonna be a big one. But that's gonna wrap it up for all Andy Alford tonight. We'll be back on Friday for another edition of All Andy Alford. Uh, if we have the part fixed in time, we'll be a Facebook live show. So follow us on Facebook. It's at All Andy Alford. As you can follow us as well on Twitter. It is at All Andy Alford. I'm Andy Alford, and that's gonna be all for the show tonight. But as always, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets! Looks like now 120 losses, Tigers. Come on, Windians. Let's make it into the postseason. The push to the playoffs continue. Enjoy the break, Falcons. You're going to need it. And go Walleye. Victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great rest of the week, everybody. I will talk to you guys on Friday for our Falcon Friday edition of All Andy Alfred. Love you. Talk to you guys then. Follow Andy on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred and on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network, powered by Anchor.